0: You may have a seat. Thank you so much, Rachel. That was amazing. Isaiah 9, 2 says, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shined. Hope. Hope is, a, is an amazing and powerful word, but even a more, more amazing and powerful reality I mean, if it's just a word without the reality, who cares, right? But when we really have hope, when we have what Peter calls a living hope or a lively hope, it is powerful. It is amazing. People who have hope are unstoppable. Not that they don't go through difficulties and trials. Of course they do. We all do. But those who have hope have their hope anchored in a God who is un- immovable and a God who is unstoppable. But the word hope and the idea of hope has been hijacked by our culture. Oftentimes, hope is used to mean nothing more than a wishful thinking. Kids might say, I hope it snows today. Some adults, too, like me. I hope it snows today. A sports fan might say, I hope my team wins the Super Bowl, or the championship. A wife in the middle of a tough marriage might say, I hope my marriage doesn't fall apart and disintegrate. But we need more than that, don't we? We need more than a wishful thinking. I mean, life can be extremely hard. Life can be devastating at times. Some here have experienced excruciating and painful loss this last year. And you need more than just, I hope tomorrow's a little bit better than today. No doubt, if we were to go through everyone in this room, if you're of a certain age, in the last five years, you probably have experienced some kind of loss. And oftentimes, this time of year, with all the lights and all the happy songs and that are played on the radio and all of that, oftentimes, it's this time of year where those difficulties, those Aches and pains seem to surface. We get together and it should be a joy-filled time and yet we are most aware that so-and-so is not here, this loved one that we so long to be with. So we need more than wishful thinking. What we need is a big vision of a big God who offers a big hope. A big vision of a big God Not a big vision of a little God, but a big vision of a big God who offers a big hope. The Bible would describe or or define hope this way. Hope is the joyful expectation of future good. And not just future as in tomorrow or even next year or even the next decade, but eternally, the eternal future. It's the joyful expectation of, Of eternal good because of the God of hope. So, hope is not shallow, wishful thinking. It has deep roots. It goes as deep as God because it's anchored in God. It's not weak sentimentalism, but it's powerful because it's anchored in a God who we call Almighty, who has all power. And hope isn't temporary, it has a long history. It goes back to the beginning of time, actually into eternity past. We're going to talk about the beginning of time, though, tonight. And it goes way into the future, on into eternity. <clears throat> hope invaded the earth when Jesus was born. And that's what we focus on at Christmas time, and well, we should. Hope invaded the earth when Christ was born, but it certainly didn't start there. In fact, hope was promised thousands of years before Christ was born. Your children do not bother me at all, okay? I'm I'm serious. I love having kids in here. It's awesome. So it doesn't bother me. It probably bothers you more than me. So if your kids get a little squirmy, it's okay. With me anyways. Um, Hope was promised thousands of years before Christ was even born. Way back at the beginning of time. Way back in the Garden of Eden. Way back where everything went wrong. And things went wrong. Remember Adam and Eve, they disobeyed God. They disbelieved his goodness. They listened to the serpent and ate the fruit of the forbidden tree. And from that, they plunged all of humanity into sin and darkness. And because of them, each one of us are the heirs of Adam and therefore we are born with a sinful nature. And I like to describe it this way. A child has never been needed to be taught how to disobey. They all do that perfectly natural. They need to be taught to obey. We were all born with a sin nature, and that was inherited from Adam. Ever since the Garden of Eden, sin, death, and the curse cast its long, dark shadow over the entire earth. But there was a promise made in the Garden after this catastrophic event. Where everything went wrong, God stepped in and gave a promise God spoke this word to the serpent. He, he addressed Adam and Eve and the serpent. And here's what he said to the serpent. He says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring, your children and her children. He shall bruise or crush your head and you shall bruise his heel. Way back where everything went wrong, God had promised hope. God had promised someone was going to come in the future. And he was going to make everything right. He was going to put everything that was wrong back to being right. God pledged a redeemer who would crush the head of the serpent. Hope was promised back when everything went wrong. And then hope, in the midst of darkness, was Awaited. This promise of hope was awaited and longed for for thousands of years. This promise made way back in the garden was craved and desired and yearned for. And there were whispers throughout echoing the promise made centuries before. Whispers of this coming Messiah, this, this one that God had promised back in the garden. He's going to come, he's going to come. We heard tonight from Isaiah chapter 7 the virgin's going to give birth to a a son and you're going to call his name Emmanuel. We heard from Isaiah 9. Right? This one who's going to come, he's going to be a ruler. The government's going to rest on his shoulders. But one prophecy I've thought a lot about this Christmas is Micah chapter 5. I love this prophecy. Listen to this. Micah, under the inspiration of the Spirit, speaking on God's behalf as a prophet, said, But you, O Bethlehem, are too little to be among the clans of Judah. From you, however, shall come forth from me one who is to be the ruler of Israel, whose origin is from of old, from ancient days. In other words, he will be eternal. And he shall stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they shall dwell secure. For now he shall be great to the ends of the earth. And the saints of old saw these scriptures and they hoped in them. They longed for their fulfillment. And then what we celebrate at Christmas is it happened. I mean, we see, we see the fulfillment, or at least the, the first installment of the fulfillment of what they spoke in the fullness of time at just the right time. According to God's timetable, God's, the working out of his plan at just the right time. Think about this. Not a minute too early and not a minute too late. Not a day early, not a day late. At just the right time, according to God, hope came down on the first Christmas when God the Son entered his creation. This transcendent, holy, righteous God, who cannot even look on sin, entered into this dark, broken, sin racked world. The eternal God who created everything came down by entering his creation as one of us to walk in our shoes. So much like us was he and is he that Hebrews. The writer of Hebrews says he was made like us in every respect. Jesus was made like you and I in every respect. He didn't sin, but he was made like us. He he took on full humanity. He knew what it was like to be tempted. He knew what it was like to be hurt. He knew what it was like to grieve. Isaiah 53 says, calls him a man of sorrows. The apostle John said in John chapter one, the word God, the son became flesh and dwelt among us. I love the song, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. It says, veiled in flesh, the Godhead see, hail the incarnate deity, pleased as man with men to dwell, Jesus our Emmanuel. Hark the Herald Angels Sing, glory to the newborn king. When Jesus was born, there's no wonder when we realize who he is and what is happening, there's no wonder that God the Father so pleased with the unfolding of his plan. And he really was, and he still is. Pleased with the unfolding of his plan that he sent some angels to put on a worship concert for just a group of shepherds. A group of nobodies. They were nobody important. You know the story. Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 8. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. That will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with this angel a multitude of other angels, a heavenly host, and they began praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill to men with whom he's pleased. The host, the armies of heaven came and rather than declaring war on earth because of our rebellion, they declared declared glory to God and peace on earth at the coming of this Messiah. The first Christmas was the dawning of hope. It's like the sun began to rise after this long, languishing, agonizing, dark night. The sun began to rise because he came. The Messiah has come. But Christ didn't come to give us warm, fuzzy, sentimental feelings one day a week or one day a year or a few days a year, a month a year. Jesus came on a mission, right? Hope dawned at the coming of Christ, but Jesus came on a mission to accomplish the eternal hope that we so desperately long for. Jesus himself said that he came to seek and save that which was lost. He didn't come to lie in a manger and coo for some people so they could say, wow, that's so cute. My goodness, so cute. He came to seek and save that which was lost. He said, further on, he says, I came not to be served, but to serve and give my life as a ransom. Jesus is telling us, he's letting us in on his mission for which he came to the world. That the Father gave him and that he came and became man full of the Spirit to carry out. The baby born in a manger would grow to be a man who lived perfectly, died for sinners, and rose again. His last words on the cross, according to the Gospel of John, were the words, it is finished. What was finished? What was finished? When Jesus uttered those words, what was finished? Salvation was achieved for everyone who trusts in him. Salvation was was achieved salvation was accomplished when he said it is finished our eternal hope secured when jesus said it is finished the ransom payment for our redemption to free us from enslavement to sin was paid in full when jesus said it is finished so the death and resurrection of jesus is the point of christmas Christmas is a means to these things, right? Not the other way around. Jesus had to come. He had to put on flesh. It was according to God's plan, and it was worked out perfectly, but his coming in the flesh was a means to carry out the redemption of his people. And he did. He said it's finished. But the completion of our hope or the consummation of our hope is still future. And this is what we find frustrating sometimes. It's still future. Our hope will be consummated at some point. It'll be complete. It'll be finished. It'll all be wrapped up at some point in the future. In fact, the apostle Paul says in Romans 8, hope that is seen is not hope. And he's writing he's writing to first century Christians in Rome, but he's also writing, I mean, that still applies to us. Hope that is seen is not hope for. Who hopes for what he sees? So what we hope for is still future. What we hope for is still out before us. It's based upon the promise in Genesis 3, right? That this one is gonna come, he's gonna crush the head of the serpent, It's certainly based upon the prophecies given by the prophets throughout that period of time, the thousands of years from Genesis 3 to the coming of Christ where they they foretold His coming. They didn't know exactly what they were saying. They couldn't see everything clearly. They didn't know when, but they knew He was coming. And so they spoke of His coming. It's certainly based upon the incarnation of the Son of God who came the first Christmas and is based upon the it is finished accomplishment of Jesus on the cross and through his resurrection. But our, the completion of our hope is still future. It is still out before us. So what do we still hope for? Well, the New Testament tells us our blessed hope is the return of Christ. It is that Jesus, he, he came the first time. The season is called Advent season, the coming of Jesus. We celebrate that. Right? The advent of Christ. Well, we long for and hope in the second advent of Jesus. Where he comes and wraps everything up. And then everything we long for and hope for in the truest sense and in the deepest sense comes. <clears throat> I love the way it's put when, uh, in Lord of the Rings when Sam Gamgee asks Gandalf a question. He says, Gandalf, is everything sad going to come untrue? Is everything sad going to come untrue? And when Jesus comes, for the Christian, for those who have trusted him with their lives, everything sad is going to come untrue. It's not just going to go away, it's going to be reversed. It's going to come untrue. When Jesus comes again, this is what we are confident in. At the first coming of Jesus, hope dawned on the earth. At the second coming of Jesus, what we most deeply and truly hope for will all come true and become fully real. And then we won't hope for it anymore because it will be here. It will no longer be longed for. It will be, it'll be our experience. It'll be our living, breathing, joyful reality. And everything sad is going to come untrue. Every tear shed now will increase your joy then. Believe that? First Corinthians 15 says, Death is swallowed up in victory. Death, the last enemy. Tears are not our greatest enemy. Death is, right? So if death is swallowed up in victory, tears will be swallowed up in joy. Every loss experienced now will increase your gain then. Every disappointment now will increase your contentment then. Every ache and longing now will increase your satisfaction in God then. You might say, and, 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 and I get it, but we live in the now. And the now is hard sometimes. What about now? Well, I said at the beginning, this hope that is still out before us is powerful. Powerful. And this awesome expectation of of our future good, eternal good, has the power to reach into the present. This amazing hope before us has the power to reach into the present and empower us to live now. Peter calls it a living hope in 1 Peter 1 or a lively hope, and it comes through the indwelling spirit. Christmas is usually a time where we almost uniformly, almost only focus on Jesus, but we miss out if we forget about the Father and his plan and the coming of Christ and how the Holy Spirit comes and makes these things real to us. This living hope becomes real to us, becomes a lively hope in us through the indwelling spirit. Jesus said before he left his disciples, I love these words, he said, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. He says, I will give you another helper or another comforter, depending on the version, translation of the Bible you read. I will give you another helper, another comforter. In other words, another one just like me and he says elsewhere it's even going to be better for you it's to your advantage that i go so that you can receive this helper the holy spirit makes colossians 127 a living reality colossians 127 talks about christ in us the hope of glory How is Christ in us? How is is the the living, risen Christ who's at the right hand of the Father in us? Through his Spirit. Christ in us, the hope of glory. So we see hope promised back in Genesis 3. We see hope longed for and prophesied, the promise of this hope. We see hope dawning on the earth at the coming of Christ. We see hope accomplished through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And we see hope Hope consummated in the future and in the now, right now, as we await that wondrous day, hope is applied to us. It is made real to us. This hope that makes you, unstop- I'm not trying to sound sacrilegious or, or blasphem but that makes you unstoppable in Christ, it's applied to us. It's made real to us through the Holy Spirit. I want to read a poem to close, and then we're going to sing one more song before you are dismissed. When all seems lost, dear saint of God, recall this treasured news of how God broke into the world to walk within our shoes. When Adam fell, both sin and death covered the world like night. Yet in the garden, God promised a man who would come and put things right. For so long, the world yearned and craved God's pledge to crush the snake. While his hidden plan rolled along, God would not his word forsake. When the fullness of time had come, though God's Son was born obscure, the Son awoke, the King was born, good news had dawned for sure. This God-man sent from heaven with a mission to complete. He lived and died and rose again, our redemption to achieve. And now this Christ, he reigns on high, but surely will come once more to gather his chosen to himself and all that is wrong restore. So weary saint, rejoice in God. So weary saint, rejoice in God though in this life we groan, and we do. Christ dwells in us now by his Spirit to comfort and cheer his own. Lift your eyes today by faith to see your Savior, Shepherd, King, and may your hope shine ever brighter until fullness of grace he brings. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for hope. Not a shallow, flimsy, wishful thinking, but something that is rock solid. God, I pray that you would fill your people here with hope. And if there are some who walked in here today and they know nothing of the hope that is found in Jesus, I pray that you would grant them repentance and faith, to trust in Christ, to put their hope fully in you, that they too may be partakers of this hope now and glory in the future. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.